Do you find yourself questioning your financial status? Or are you trying to change poor financial habits? Vania Nettleford shares her story on how she created financial freedom in her life before the age of 30. Hear how her success in overcoming financial pitfalls and challenges can help you create the life you desire to live. Enjoy. Dreamers can't be tamed. And finance is one of those big aspects for millennials is like, when am I going to buy a house? When am I going to get married? When am I going to have these kids? And though we're letting go of those expectations, you see it in our culture a little bit more, Mm -hmm. I think people still struggle with it because we also deal with the expectations of our parents who place those social expectations on us. So my question for you is, first, how did you start getting into the finance and the budgeting game? And what inspired you to kind of start correcting or begin building financial freedom? Right. So for me, uh, I've been pretty independent since a young age. So uh, by the age of 17, I think I was out of the house. Um, I paid for college on my own. So I had to budget then, even though I had no idea what I was doing, I had to budget then because I was the only one who paid for my classes and everything else. So I knew like, all right, I would work this semester, I'd save up and then I'd be able to pay for the next semester forward. Uh, So I had to have like a pretty strict budget or like I just was going to have to mooch food off someone or something. <laughs> I had to figure it out. Uh, so that's really how I got it, got started. Kind of like I just moved out and then I was just thrown into the adult world. So I, I really had to figure a few things out. And, and uh, because I saw recently you just paid off a bunch of debt in terms of your Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I just. How did, I, you, how did you get into that space of like having so much debt? Yeah. So because I was paying for college on my own, part of that was like not knowing what to do, how to pay for certain things. So I would, I had credit cards. So I had my first credit card at like 14 uh, because I I wanted to build my credit. Everyone always said it was important. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to work on building my credit. So by the time I got to college, I knew that my credit was good enough to be able to qualify. So I was like, all right, well, I can't afford this. Let me just put my books on my card and whatever else. So having to like pay for my own lifestyle and, you know, you're in college, you see your friends going on trips, going out to eat all the time. I was just charging everything to the card, not knowing what I was doing. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like I have $5,000 of debt. I only have to pay 25 a month. I'm like, yeah, I can handle this. Like <laughs> just being stupid. I was like, oh, my minimum payment. Cause that's all I was paying the minimum payment. I didn't realize what like interest rates duty or debt or anything like that. So as part of my budget, that's what I was looking at. I was like, all right, I can afford this minimum payment. And I was doing that. So basically to pay for school, uh, food, and then over time, it just racked up probably like $20,000 in debt, trying to live a lifestyle that I, I was a broke college kid, but I was like, oh, all my friends are traveling. I can travel too. Mm-hmm. So I was just charging a lot to my card. And uh, that's how I ended up with like 20000 in credit card debt. And then uh, I had about fifty in student loan debt because I was paying off or paying for it per semester, but I went to a pretty expensive college. It's every year or semester was like 70,000. So I had some financial aid, some grants, but I had to take out some personal loans as well. Where'd you go? Uh, Stevens Institute in Hoboken. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. 
private school, no? Yeah, it is a private school, private price too. <laughs> um, so then, so you, you, you gathered all this debt during college. Yeah. And how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 28. 28, okay. I mean, it's not too long ago. Um, <laughs> so then what made you, because I'm assuming there was some discomfort or pain that, that you must have experienced sure. to make this decision and be like, all right, I'm going to focus on getting out of debt. What, what was that story? What was that discomfort that you, you went through or experienced? Yeah, so I didn't go through anything specific, but what happened was I read a book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I remember just reading the book and he was talking about assets and liabilities. And I didn't know what an asset or a liability was or things that I thought were assets weren't really assets. So I read that book and he was kind of talking about the one way that his dad lived a certain life, kind of a life of scarcity, kind of thinking of like, oh, I need to save all my money. I need to do this. I need to do that. And the rich dad who talked about like, no, I need to spend my money so that my money can make money, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after reading that, he touched on budgeting as well. I was like, yeah, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not doing the right thing at all. Mm -hmm. So after reading that, it kind of like shook something inside of me that I was like, I need to get rid of this debt. Uh, But I didn't even make the change immediately. It wasn't until maybe a year or two out of college. uh, I was, I was with someone at the time and I was supporting us because he wasn't from this country, so he couldn't get a job, had to work on visa stuff. But I would get so much anxiety just thinking, like, if I lose my job, like, we'll be homeless. Like, <laughs> legit, we'll be homeless. And obviously, that doesn't sit right. I was like, I have to do something. I need to build a fund that, you know, God, because, like, nobody's job is secure, right? So I was like, God forbid something happens. Like, I need to be able to hold my own. So being in that situation and not having money really from my savings to be able to save, I just knew I was like, I can't, I can't keep charging my card. I need to do something different. Um, And that's really what kind of set me on my path to financial independence and financial wealth, really. It was, it was more, I'm, I'm assuming here, but it was more like the fear of what could happen. Yeah. Get together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't like for most people, I guess at the age of 25 or 24, it's the option of I can move back home. I didn't really have that option. So for me, I was like, man, I'm out here on my own. Like if I'm homeless, I'm homeless. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able. I mean, I'm sure my friends would take me in, but, you know, like I'm not trying to show up on someone's door, you know, in that situation. So you have to have a, a level of awareness and kind of like an honesty or vulnerability with yourself at that moment in time with that said, like, I'm fucking up right now. No, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. Uh, It's definitely, it's, it's difficult thinking about it. Right. Because I graduated from one of the like top engineering universities. I'm making a decent amount of pay. I think maybe I was making like 70,000. I was making more than, you know, my parents, I was making more than most people my age. So in your mind, you're checking all the boxes and you're like, yeah, I'm doing this right. But you're taking a look at what your life actually looks like. And you're like, yeah, I'm not doing this right. Like something's wrong. Like you're, you should be at a spot where you should be saving. You can contribute to your retirement account, but 
I was like, I'm doing something wrong that I'm unable to do that. Like I'm living paycheck to paycheck, basically. Do you believe that, that, so if you don't mind, I, I struggle with the idea of right and wrong, right? So for example, um, I believe there's multiple ways to do things, but I do agree with you that financial freedom is super important. Uh, so like yourself, I too, well, still am in debt. I got rid of all my school debt, but I have still have credit card debt, right? Um, but luckily, uh, I was able to purchase a house when I was younger and was able to use that collateral to be able to now get myself out. So then my question is, were the expectations that you placed on yourself, are, is that what makes you believe that something was, you were doing something wrong at that time? Because I remember in the story, you said that you were, I guess you were with someone at that time and you weren't sure what was going to happen. There was the fear of being homeless, right? But then there's also the expectations that we place on ourselves as a, a millennial. Um, do you feel that you still place expectations on yourself or do you feel that financial freedom actually like allows you to let go of those expectations and now visualize a, visualize a life that has more like abundance in it? Right. So as far as expectations being set, I think initially when I was making certain buying decisions, so when I picked my apartment or I picked my car, I had those expectations of like, I shouldn't be driving a little 96 hoopty to like this job. I should have an apartment that, you know, has two bedrooms, even though I'm not using it, like I should have an apartment because I can afford it. So initially I had those expectations, but then after kind of having that mindset change, I find I don't have that many expectations, not of myself, but I, I just feel like, I guess I don't care that much about what other people have to say or what they think, like not being rude or anything like that. But I feel people always have their opinions. So this is random, but for the longest time, I didn't have curtains in my living room. And <laughs> like, it didn't bother me. My friends would be like, could you get some curtains? I'm like, for who? Like, I, I like bright lights. I don't need a curtain or whatever. Um, so just small things like that. Like, I'm like, if I don't care about it, then I'm just not going to do it. See, I love that because I think like when it comes to financial freedom, again, like you can get out of debt and then be right back in the same position five sure. years, and, you know? And I think it's that, what you just said right there is like that awareness with what really matters to you at this point. And I think that defines what is right and wrong for you. And I think that's amazing because so for me, I was actually homeless for a little while, technically. <laughs> I lived in my center. So I gave my apartment up so that I can rent the apartment and that the house would pay by itself. Right. So I was like, oh, I gave up all my shit side of sweet Peter. I was like, I'm going to do that and then use the money to pay off that. Um, at that time, the identity that I had with hmm. the guy who drove the nice car, yeah, and nice things, right? That was really hard to let go of. So detaching from this idea that you need to have these things. So I think what I learned from my experience was that detaching from money is just as important as is just as important as creating the financial freedom. So I think uh, what's the guy's name? The rich dad, poor dad, Robert. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki, I believe is his last name. Yeah. So it's the mindset of abundance. Yes. Using the strategies to be able to gain financial freedom. 
And I think that's the real important thing. So my question for you now is, I see that you've been going into the idea of spreading awareness with financial freedom. What's your goal with that, or with the page and, and the information that you're putting out? Because you put some great information out. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering, what's the goal that you have with that? Is there a dream behind that? <laughs> so... I don't know if there's a dream behind it. It's more so personality. If I can help anyone, that's just how I am. I enjoy helping people uh, all the time. People are like, you should be a teacher. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what I would teach, though. Uh, so I finally found something that I'm passionate enough about that I want to be able to help people at least be aware. Um, I'm not here to tell anyone, like, you're living your life right or wrong, because, again, I struggle with the same thing. I'm like, well, what's right? What's wrong? It's really based on what you think, what your expectations are, right? We have these lists of things that you probably shouldn't do, like murder, right? <laughs> but overall, how you live your life is like, if that's right to you, if that makes you actually happy, then that's on you. So for me, I'd say my goal is just awareness. So I find that a lot of people make certain decisions or move in a certain way because they're not aware of it or they're doing something that they think actually makes them happy when it's not really contributing to like core happiness. It's kind of happiness in the moment. Mm. So just trying to bring an awareness to people so that, you know, they can make a change in their life if they choose to. So now when someone begins this process of getting out of debt and building financial freedom, what do you believe is that first initial step that one takes? So for you, it was that awareness. You, you luckily found it through the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, someone reaching out, like, what do they need to do to be able to begin that journey that, that you've been on? Yeah, so I think the first step is kind of having that honest conversation with yourself. Why do you want to do this? Because I find with anything, if you don't have a why, it's easy to just let your dream fall apart or for you to not pick up or make the right actions and right decisions on those days when you don't really feel like it. So having that honest conversation as to why am I really doing this? And then once you have that honest conversation for why you're doing it and what you want, I'd say just taking a look at your lifestyle and checking to see like the way I'm living, does it match what I actually want? Um, and then the rest of it's kind of detail. So I talk a lot about budgeting. I think you should have a budget. You don't have to go crazy and be meticulous about every single penny and dollar. If you are, that probably will help you more, but at least in the beginning stages, but you know, you don't have to be crazy meticulous about it. Um, Cause once you have a budget and you're kind of tracking your spending, then it, it's a, it's an honest conversation with yourself. The numbers are there. It's not like, Oh, I think I'm spending a hundred bucks. It's like, no, you're blowing over your budget by like 300 bucks each month. Like, you know, the numbers don't lie. It's right there in front of you. It means in terms of obstacles when actually starting to begin a budget and then actually going through and sticking to the budget, what are some of the obstacles that people experience or even yourself from your experience uh, do they encounter? I think falling back into old habits. Uh, so I had mentioned that I started my journey after I read the book, but it wasn't initial. So I had the knowledge. I knew now, all right, this is not a wise financial decision, but there's still, you know, peer pressure that you get from your friends want to hang out. So you want to hang out with your friends, but 
you don't want to tell them, oh, I don't want to go out because blah, blah, blah. Like I'm, I'm trying to save up for a house or whatever else, because they're probably going to be like, you know, one night out is not going to divert you from that. So <laughs> the, the obstacles and challenges that people face is there. So you said you didn't start out right off right. when you read that book, right? There we go. So what, <laughs> I think, what was something that you experienced that was, that kind of brought awareness. So for example, we're like, all right, we're going to do a budget. And then people fall back into their old habits, but they're not necessarily aware of their old habits or mm. they feel guilty about it. And they're like, all right, uh, this is a bad feeling. And they give some excuse of, oh, it was just one night, but they keep right. doing the same thing over again. So is there any experience or moment like that when that you went through in the journey of getting financial freedom, getting out of debt? I wouldn't say there was any experience. I'm kind of sometimes just very extreme with any goal that I set. So uh, when I'm in something, I'm just all in. That's how I've always been. Even with, for example, at one point I was paleo. Um, I'm weak to my flesh. Like <laughs> if you put something in front of me and I'm like, oh, I'm not having carbs. If carbs are in front of me, like I'll eat it. So for me, I try to avoid the moments of temptation so I don't have to put myself through that. So when I was paleo, what I did was I just threw out everything in my house. I was like, I'm paleo, like I don't eat this anymore. So for me, I have to like almost take on a new identity and be like, all right, I'm paleo, like I don't do this. Um, even if it's day one, I'm just like, no, I don't do that. It, it's, not, it's not that I can't, it's just I don't. So it's kind of a mindset change for me anytime I plan on doing something. That like even sense. so with the financial freedom journey, it's kind of like when I was talking about you should align with what you want. For me, I'm like, I want financial independence. So uh, am I going to go out? Yeah, I'll go out, but I'll pregame or I'll have a meal before I go out just to make sure I'm not hungry and starving myself, mm -hmm. you know, because I still want to hang out, but. I don't need to put myself in that situation because I can do things beforehand to just make sure that I just keep on doing what aligns to what I want to do in the future. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, something that we talk about with clients here is change. I, I believe that change doesn't occur over time. I believe change happens in the, the moment you make the decision to change. Right. The consequences of that decision are what you see, those are the results of that commitment. Uh, so I totally agree with you on that, that, you know, I believe, I mean, what I interpreted based on what you said was that you've, you commit. When you decide you're gonna do something, you commit. Yeah. So for someone that's gonna get out of financial freedom, uh, are you saying that commitment is probably that, after awareness, right, so they build awareness, then commitment. And how do they know that there's commitment? So for someone like you that has that personality of, yeah, I go to the end range, kind of like Goggins, right? David Goggins, he's <laughs> extreme. How does someone start to understand that they've become committed? Is there anything that they can actually do to scaffold their commitment to be able to start building that habit of like, all right, this is what I'm going to put my mind to. And I'm going to, that's it. I'm going to make a decision on this. Yeah, that one's tough to answer because <laughs> just the way that I operate with anything, I kind of, I'll take an extreme and then I'm like, 
all right, you're being a little dramatic. Let's let's tone it back a bit. You know, I know that doesn't work for everyone, but I see value in it. Um, not so like right now I'm trying to think of like, say you haven't been working out for a while and then it's time to go to the gym, right? You don't want to be crazy and go to the extreme where you're working out seven days a week because you're going to burn out. You're not going to do it anymore. So thinking about finance, right? You don't want to, you could, but you wouldn't want to be extreme for that. So an extreme would be, all right, I want to be financial, financially independent. I'm going to cut off my Netflix. I'm going to cut off, uh, I'm going to get like a Metro PCS phone, you know, whatever else, right? Whatever you're doing to cut down your budget. Like, I'm just going to be vegetarian. So my grocery bill is low. Like you can probably stick with that for a month, maybe two, but you're going to be miserable. And then when you switch back, you might just overdo your spending. So I think there's a way to gradually attack it. Um, the first thing I did, I'm now remembering the first thing I did was, um, I looked at ways to save money on my bills. So I would, with my credit card debt, um, instead of paying like 35 here, 60 here, what I did was I consolidated my debt. So the overall payment was lower. So I was like, all right, I'm saving 50 bucks. It wasn't a real saving, but I'm saving 50 bucks here by consolidating this. Then I took a look at my cable. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't really watch TV and I'm paying for cable. So let me just switch to get internet or internet and phone, whatever the cheaper option is. So I called my cable company to say, Hey, like I've been a great customer for however many years is any way I would hate to lose your service. You know, is there any way you can help me out? <laughs> Those types of phone calls. Um, yeah, so I just figured out how to save money by looking at the things that I'm still spending. So that was probably like phase one. And then once I was able to get like 200 bucks saved by making those steps, I was like, okay, I can add this to savings or I can take this and pay it off, pay off more debt. Phase two was now that I had these habits in place and I'm doing well, it was looking at what do I really need? So a big one was my apartment. I think I was paying like 1500 or something like that. Unnecessarily, I had two rooms and it was just myself. So I was like, when my friends come over, they'll have a place to stay. So just being honest, right? Uh, did I need two bedrooms? No. So I'm like, all right, I can save by like cutting down on my apartment cost. Um, I can save by maybe living a little bit further out, having to commute and then paying attention to how much am I going to spend on gas or my Metro card and how much overall um, will that actually save me? So I started looking at things in more detail, probably after a year or two. Um, and then I started the sacrifice. So cutting out whatever else I didn't need or whatever I was spending my money on that really, I would just spend my money to spend it. Okay. So probably like a two-step process. So now where now than your current um, financial state and mindset more so, uh, where do you where do you splurge for yourself? <laughs> the most random things. <laughs> uh, so I I don't buy things as much anymore, uh, just because. I'm just not, not that I'm not interested, but most of the time I'll buy something and I'm like, I don't even want this. 
So I splurge on travel. That's a, and even then I, I try to, I'm always trying to do a budget travel. That's just how I am. It's kind of like a game to me now. Like, all right, I want to go to Mexico. Can I get there for 10 days on 500 bucks? Like, I'm like, it's a game. Like, let me figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my recent splurge was my puppy. Uh, <laughs> spent a pretty penny on him. <laughs> yeah. He's a cute dog. Yeah, he's super precious. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so then now, so you just got out of debt. Uh, you're financially free. So that must feel great. Yes. <laughs> what are you going to do now to, like uh, Robert says in his book, start building legit assets? Yeah, for sure. So I'd say I'm out of all of my consumer debt. So no more student loans, no more credit card uh, debt or anything like that. I own two properties right now that are in my name. That I still have mortgages on. Uh, so now my focus is on paying those down. So I just have passive income. I have a five-year plan that I still need to map out, but in that five-year plan, um, my, so my dad also has a building that it's a family building. So my mother, my brother and I, we all manage it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have plans for that building. So uh, my mom, she's close to retirement. So I'm trying to help her out, uh, make this building to increase the cash flow, the building's already paid off, but just increase the cash flow and put money into it to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's my focus for the next two years. And then after that, uh, I'll just be saving and then I'm working on getting an apartment building for myself in the next five years. So for people who are a little bit more knowledgeable in, in, in I guess, real estate and, and finances, what do you believe about refinancing homes or equity to build more assets or to gain more assets? Yeah. So I think it's a great idea. The only thing I think about is not wanting to over leverage yourself. So with the two properties that I currently own, I do calculations on that for like worst case scenario, worst case scenario, if all my units were vacant, how long could I stay afloat with my savings? Um, If I'm uncomfortable with that. So let's say I had an apartment building what I would do is I'd save up or use equity to put that down payment in, but it's always a calculated risk. So I need to make sure that I have enough to cover emergencies, uh, vacancy situations. So I think it's a good idea to use your equity, but I think you should also be cash strapped as well, just in case of anything that comes up. So, um, what you want to do is have enough in the bank to cover your ass for how long? <laughs> six months. I be comfortable with six months. I mean, three months. I feel like. So in New Jersey, I don't know if you know this, but it's uh, tenant favored. So with extensions and especially with COVID going on, people aren't getting evicted or, you know, so they're, they can live rent free. Uh, I mean, they'll have to pay it back after you go through court, but at least for a few months. So before I would say three months, but with how things have been with COVID and eviction process taking longer or being virtually halted, um, probably like six to 12 months is where I'm comfortable at right now. All right. So you recently put out a YouTube channel. 
right? Fire can be fun. Uh, what's the purpose behind that YouTube channel? Can people find information on, you know, some of the stuff we talked about here today? Yeah, absolutely. So with that channel, Fire Can Be Fun, the reason I made it was, at least personally, when I thought about the financial independence journey, and I feel a lot of people feel the same way, you think of a life of scarcity, like, all right, I want to be financially independent, so I can't do anything anymore. And that's not the case. Um, So with that channel, what I'm trying to do is raise awareness on financial literacy but also share my journey and share that you still can have fun. You still can do the things that you enjoy. You just should make a budget and not go crazy when you're trying to do the things that you want to enjoy and also pay down your debt. So that's what the channel is focused on. And why the name fire can be fun. So (laughs) financial. So it's the, the idea of instead of thinking of financial independence as this daunting process and scarcity, it's, it's not, it can be fun. You can have fun along the way. You don't have to give up everything to be able to achieve financial independence. Uh, You can have fun like on your journey. So that's why I picked the name. (laughs) And do you do uh, any type of financial coaching or, you know, help people in any way, like (laughs) services in that, in that way? Not currently. Um, So what I want to do is build my channel. And then for me, I want to be able to work with my friends initially, uh, work with, you know, my mom, my siblings, my cousins initially, my family members initially, uh, kind of have like a team. And if I find that to be successful, then, you know, take it to the next step and be able to offer it to other people. I love it. I love it. Uh, Where can people find out more about you yeah so i'm on youtube uh fire can be fun i'm also on instagram under myself vinia nettleford and also fire can be fun so uh you can send me a message i have my phone glued to me almost always <laughs> so you shoot me a message or anything i'm on instagram and youtube awesome and the last question that i always ask everybody they come on here is, <laughs> how do you want the world to remember you after you leave this dimension, earth, planet, world, whatever you want to call it. For sure. So I'd love to be remembered as just a happy, easygoing, helpful person. Uh, If, you know, a few people remember me that way, then that's enough for me. ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode of a dreamer's journey please don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with anyone you feel will benefit from the stories and topics i discuss on this platform keep yourself up to speed by joining the community my team and i are building where you will get access to our coaches and educational content to enhance your learning and life visit www.dreamersmindset.com for more info Thank you again for your ears and support. Till next time.